Praise God. Aren't you glad he's a good God? Oh, man, I'm glad. Well, I got a few things to tell you before we get going in the Word this morning. But uh, one of them is, uh, if, you're, if you're following the plan and you're, you're doing that, you know, we're, down, we're getting down to the end of the wire here. We're going to have done a whole year together as a church. And uh, you may wonder why I went to Genesis 3, because I'm trying to wrap this all up to be Christmas, the end of the year. Uh, I wanted to start back at when man messed up the first time. And then how, by the time you get to Christmas, we're going to be reading Jesus has come and the resurrection's happened and glory to God, we got an answer. So that's why we went to Genesis 3. So that'll take care of that. Um, if, you, if you noticed that I was short of video, um, who said that? <laughs> I'm glad you were checking me out. Um, I figure if I missed one out of 52... That was pretty good. I literally forgot about it. I came to church Sunday, and I was just sitting here, and I still go to Jake. I said, did I do the video? So anyway, it's Thanksgiving. Everybody was off. Glory to God. Thank you all for giving me grace. I'll try to make the rest of them up. So anyway, um, that's what happened there. Then there was something else I was going to tell you. Now I got off thinking about that. Oh, well. Oh, we're having communion today. You may have noticed. And so if you're, if you're here with us for the first time, I want you to know we have an open communion service. You're more than welcome to have communion with us. Uh, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well then bless God, this is the place to be this morning. Amen? Amen. So look at the person beside you and say, get ready. Amen. I'm going to preach to you this morning uh, uh, and finish up the message. I say I'm going to finish up, but I don't really think I am because I don't think I'm going to get off the first point again. But uh, get your Bibles out. Go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 9, and I want to kind of see what happens here, do a little review. I just can't get off this message. Um, I don't really even know that I'm 100% sure what the title is. I don't even know what we called it, but um, I was talking about reasons to serve God and that you're not going to serve God unless you know God, and I got to talking about covenant, what really covenant is, and uh there's just, it's rich, and, and it's just been blessing me. So Jeremiah 9, 23, is where I want to start this morning. It says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. So we, we, we start off in life, we go to school, we, 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 spend, we graduate high school, and then everybody's trying to figure out what their career is. But, you know, not too many people spend their life preparing their children to grow up and say, look, you can go do whatever you want to. You can be an engineer, you can be an architect, you can be a, you can be a lineman, you can do this and that and the other. But the one thing you must know is you're never going to succeed in any of them unless you know God. That's the way we should be raised in our children. That's the way we should be, our whole world should be focused towards. After you know who God is, then everything else is going to line up. But if you don't know who God is, you can be the wise man, you can be the rich man, you can be whatever, and you're not going to end up in success. Hello? Now, the cool thing about this message, and you know, you need to go back and listen to last week's because it's probably going to be different than what I'm going to share today, but 
The cool thing is, is here is God, God Almighty, the God that created the heavens and the earth and all they're in, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Think about that. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know him. He wants to sit down and know you. Yesterday, I was having Thanksgiving with my side of the family, and we're sitting around there, so we get to play in dominoes. We always play dominoes. And so they all position themselves in certain positions around me and begin to watch me because they say I cheat. <laughs> Tends to be known in the family that I cheat. And so, you know, sometimes I don't count my points right. Sometimes I try to slip a domino in, you know. I may look at a domino, turn it over, and then put it back down because it wasn't a good one to pull another one out of the pile, you know. I mean, I, I, I tend to have these little tendencies, and the family knows it. They know me. So they all position themselves to watch Uncle Robert so he's not cheating. So the point is, they know me. Why? Because we spend time together. We sit around a table and we eat. We sit around a table and we fellowship. We sit around the table, play dominoes. We have fun. We talk. We interact. Right? Some people, they have a relationship with this crazy thing. The other day, the other day, I don't know my phone well. I know how to answer it. I know how to make a text. I know how to check emails. I can probably send an email. I don't know much more than that. And the other day, somebody had my phone and I was trying to do something. Here, just do this. And they just did something. I said, what did you do? How did you, where did that go? Where did that come from? They said, well, is that a new phone for you? I said, no, I've had this thing seven, eight years. Didn't know that. <laughs> well, you see, I don't know it. I don't have a relationship with it. You know why? I don't care. I want it to do what I want it to do when I want it to do it, and I'm tired of it telling me what it wants me to do. <laughs> Hello? Nothing makes me madder than that. Then it says, oh, dude, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Siri on there doesn't even, she doesn't even like me. She won't even talk to me. She said, I, whenever I said, Siri, do something, she's, uh, a hand shows up. <laughs> won't function. Because I've talked ugly to her. I've been mean to her. I talk trash to her, okay? So, so, but I'm saying I don't have a relation. There's other people that they live on the phone. They know how to do all these little deals and this little shortcut and this and thing and the other. You know, man, I want that thing to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I don't want to have a relationship with it. I don't like it. I don't like having to have it. Y'all with me? I love the old flip phone, you know? But you can't send a text very well because you've got to remember all the code of which one you've got to punch or I'd have one. So my point is, whatever you enjoy, whatever you love, you're going to spend time with it. And you're going to know it, and you're going to fellowship. And God says, look, I'm giving you an open invitation, an absolute open invitation. It's open to everybody, everybody out there. I, God Almighty, want to have a relationship with you. Amen. So then it's in the balls in our court. Hear me now, the balls in our court. Go to uh, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, 12. I mean, that should be the greatest news you've ever heard in your entire life. You say, well, Robert already knew that. Oh, well, are you still learning? Are you still growing? I got saved in 1985, and I can tell you that today I'm as excited about reading my Bible as it was the day I got saved. God doesn't get, isn't wear off me. I'm never going to retire. 
I may have to not be the pastor anymore, but I'm never going to retire from Jesus. I'm never going to retire from my relationship. I want to keep reading my Bible to the day I die. When I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to have them. If I can't even hold it up, somebody's going to have to hold it up for me. Somebody's going to have to read it to me because I'm never going to stop reading my word. I'm never going to stop having a relationship with God. I'm never going to stop. Just get to that point to God and I are such old friends. We don't want to talk about anything anymore. I don't know how many of y'all have an old friend, but you know, when you have an older friend, you know, sometimes you retell the same stories like the, they didn't know it. And if you're a good old friend, you just listen and you laugh about it and you go, well, I want to be like that with the Lord. Are you with me? God and I are still telling the same old stories again and just laughing about it because that's that kind of a good relationship we got and we don't ever stop wanting to have fellowship with each other. Nah, it's Robert. I don't want to talk to him anymore. Hello? But what's happened in this world today, ooh, this is good. Whoo! Let me read this, 29.12. Then you call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And when you seek me, you'll find me. When you search for me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. The Lord gives an open invitation that I'm there for you. But you see, what's happened in the world today is this. There's not really, now just let me finish this statement before I throw rocks. There's not really a, liberals and, and conservatives. There's not really Democrats and Republicans. What it is is, <laughs> what it is is, is there are people in this, the people in the world, and I'm not talking political parties here. It's here. Listen to me. There are people in the world that want to know God and they think God's right. And they think the Bible is right. They think that it is God's inspired word. And so therefore they've known God and they want to, they think God's right. And so therefore they want to give their life to God and submit to God and let him be the one that makes the decision. And then there's other people that says, no, 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 that's not right. We don't want to do that. It's, we want to believe whatever we want to believe, and we want to do whatever we want to do. And we don't want somebody telling us what we want to do is wrong. So they get mad when you throw, well, this is what we believe. They say, well, that's wrong. You can't believe that. Because these people over here, you can do believe whatever you want to. We have a standard that, that, that people want to just... We want to develop our own standards. So these people say, well, we, we, this, is, this is okay. We should be able to do this as a people. And we don't want God telling us not to. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying here? Because the, true, the truth of the matter is, then we have Christians who say they believe in God, but they figured out a, kind of like a, a little loophole that if you don't read your Bible and you don't talk to God, then you won't know him and find out that what you're doing, he's really not pleased with. Hello? So he said, oh, I didn't know. They want to play the ignorance card. Come on. If you don't sit around with God, then you don't, hopefully won't get convicted. But they want to go to heaven, and they do believe in God, and they do know he's real. What I'm talking about is I'm believing for God to sweep across this world and in the body of Christ and that Christians really want to be Christians and say, look, I don't know what it's going to cost me, but I want to believe God and I want to I want to be in covenant with you, Lord. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to whatever you say to do. Oh, you want me to stop doing that? OK, man, I'm convicted by that. OK, I'm going to stop doing that. No, no, no. If that doesn't please you, I don't want to do it. Not 
Lord, I have this situation. I really want to do this, and I enjoy doing this. And I found a place in the Word where it says not to do that, but I really want to do this, and so I'm wondering if you could change. <laughs> That's where a lot of Christians are. How can we have so many denominations in the world that believe so many different things when they all read the same Bible? I mean, I'm just... I'm not saying I understand. I'm not saying that I'm all knowing of the word, but I'm just telling you, if it's in the word, we got to do it. And if it's not in the word, we don't do it. It's pretty simple. Now, that's all whatever somebody wants to do. If we want to have high church and everybody has to wear a suit and tie and all that kind of stuff, you want to do that, and everybody that wants to go to it, they like that flavor and they want to do it, then bless God, go do it. He didn't go to make a hill of beans. Right? If you want to be country church, you want to be cowboy church? You want to be this kind of church? That kind of, well, that's okay. It's just the different flavors. Go do what suits you. You want, you want old hymns or you want this music or you want, you know, hillbilly rock and roll. It don't make no difference as long as you're worshiping Jesus, right? And everybody's going to have their different flavor and they can go do whatever you want to. And that doesn't make any difference and we shouldn't argue about it. But the basic doctrinal issues that the word of God says, we can't stray from that, Right? If we're going to fellowship with him. See, the, it's, kind of, it's kind of like, you see, when you have friends, well, then you hang around friends that you like because they're like you. Right? You don't hang around friends. Like, let's just say you do not like uh, rap music. And you've got some friends, and all they want is rap music. So when you go to their house, they're sitting around out, barbecue, and listen to rap. You're like, I hate that stuff. I ain't going to listen to that stuff. Well, you're probably not going to be friends with them. Am I right? Because you don't like their music, you know, and they eat tofu. They eat tofu and listen to rap music and have a barbecue. Well, then, you know, you're probably not going to end up being friends with them. Hello? For all of you tofu eaters, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Right? But the thing is with God is we don't get to choose and say, okay, God, we'd really like you to be like this. In this covenant, we have the Almighty God. He says, here I am, and this is what I'm trying to show you, who God is. I'm trying to show you the attributes of God that make me want to serve him. So you got to understand something, church. I love, oh, man, I love God. I love Jesus. I love, I love, the, I love reading my Bible. I, because of one thing, when I was a kid, I grew up in this, and, you know, I probably need more freedom prayer. I've already been a couple of times with freedom prayer, but I probably need some more on this area because I grew up in the 70s. And so uh, I asked Laura, I said, man, Clint Eastwood didn't die, did he? Because they were having Clint Eastwood movies showing. And uh, I, you know, I grew up with watching Dirty Harry. I grew up watching The Enforcer. I went out and bought a Smith & Wesson 6-inch 44 Magnum because Dirty Harry had one. I convinced my father I was using for target shooting because we were doing target shooting in those days. And I convinced him that's what it was for, but it wasn't. It was because Dirty Harry had one. And I wanted one, just like Dirty Harry. And I grew up with this mindset, you know, just, you know, can't remember if I got five or six, five or six times, you know. I grew up in this mentality, right? And it's still in me. But when I read the word, I see God's just like. God is a God of righteousness, and God is a God of justice. And at the end, he's right now giving us all grace. Anybody's in. That day's going to come, pa-boom, and it's going to end up. God is going to be sitting there saying, I can't remember. 
five shots, five or six times. Because when he comes back, he says the heavens are going to roll up like a scroll and people are going to scream out and say, oh, God. And he's going to say, I gave you a chance. Then we're coming back on white horses. You know, are you with me, church? God is a God of righteousness. I love that about God. I love when I read in the Bible that nobody gets away with anything. God's the God who knows everything that happens in, in the darkness, in the secret, and he's going to make sure everything works. I love that about God. I don't love the part about God that I'm supposed to forgive my enemies. I want the wrath to come down and happen, right? I want that to take place. I want to just say, and here comes, here comes the white horse from heaven. And God says, that's not where we're in right now, Robert. That's coming. But that's not what we're in right now. What we're in right now is grace and love, and we've got to forgive. You forgive your enemies like I forgave you. I let you in. I'm like, I know what. I'm like a kid kicking the dirt. I know what, Lord. That's what you said, but I don't, you know. And then the Holy Ghost deals with me, and I get there, and I say, okay, you're right. I'm not wrong. But I have to submit to what he wants. It's not me, because no matter how much, I've already tried. I've already tried pulling Old Testament scriptures on God. Saying, you said. And then there's this little voice of the Holy Ghost saying, you're pulling it out of text, Robert. And I'm like, I know, I'm just trying. But this God wants to have a covenant with you. He wants to be in covenant with you. He says, man, anything I told you, I'd do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to perform it for you. I am going to 100% perform everything that is in my promises. So I hate to tell you this morning, church, but if... You're in covenant with God or you believe you're in covenant with God and you don't see God moving in your life. Well, then you've got to look at yourself because God, I can guarantee you, is backed up on his side doing everything that he can possibly do for you. The problem's with us. And we don't want to admit that because what we want God to do is change and be like we want him to be. All right. How many marriages have you ever seen work where the husband or the wife just wanted the other one to change? And the other one had no intention of changing, and that became a successful marriage. Woman, I want you to shut up, obey. That's all you got to do. I'm going to marry you. I told you I loved you once. I want you to shut up. I want you to obey me. I want you to submit. I want you to cook supper. I want you to wash my clothes. Now, you're okay with that. I'll marry you. Take care of you. I'll give you all the money you need. I mean, that's really going to work, right? Come in, guys, every day. Sit down at the table and say, what's your supper, woman? And see how, what, what's going to happen with you. <laughs> see what you're going to get. Right? I'm just telling you. You, 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 you in, in a relationship, you have to work at it. But in God's relationship, this is who I am. And if you want to be in covenant with me, I will bless you. But we're going to do it my way. And that's where people get kind of, they don't want to do it God's way. They really want God to do what they want God to do. Hello? That's good. They really want God to do what they want God to do. They want to be the pull on the ear of God. They want to be the executive, executive secretary of the Holy Ghost and tell God what to do and just let God do it. And then they're happy because God did what they want to. Now, God, I think that person, you know, you know smite them. Bless them. The, you follow me? 
Okay. Go to Exodus 33. Let me show you something here. Now, this is where we may take a little turn. Exodus 33, 12. It's a story of Moses when he's talking to the Lord. And it's getting ready. He's telling him they're going to let all the, the children of Israel are, are going to they're going to be uh, leave the land of Egypt and all this kind of stuff. Moses is going to lead them out. So Moses starts talking to him. In verse 12, he says, and, the Lord, and Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, Show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That's God speaking. Then he said to him, if your presence is Moses speaking, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then? Will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I also will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness Pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see my face and live. And the Lord said, Here's a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, and it shall be that my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not be seen. Now, here's Moses talking frankly to the Lord. Under old covenant, without the blood of Jesus. All right? So it's really a miracle he didn't get smoked. But he's talking pretty direct to the Lord. And he's saying, look, I want to know you. And, 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 and you said you know me by name. And, you, and I have found grace in your sight. There's not one of you sitting here. There's not one of you listening today. There's not one of you watching the broadcast today that God does not know your name. Not only does he know your name, he knows your heart. Not only does he know your heart, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. Not only does he know your heart, your head, he knows your desires, your wants, your wishes. He knows what you have need of. God knows all of you. Every tiny, intimate detail. There's not anything that's hidden from the presence of the Lord. He knows everything about you. He knows when you did something in arrogance. He knows when you did something humbly. Are you hearing me? He knows when everybody else said, oh, look how good he was. You did it and you had the wrong heart. But he also knows the things you did when you had the right heart. Are you with me? He knows everything. He sees your goodness. 
Even if you think you're not a good person, that same God who knows you by name and knows everything about you still has an open invitation to you to be in covenant with him. That blows my mind. Moses said, I want to know you and I want your presence to be with me. You know me by name. You said, so God says, okay. He didn't say, you whiny, little, furry-faced punk. You don't even have enough guts to do what I've asked you to. You want your brother to be with you. You done run and hid out here in the wilderness. I had to chase you down. Shut up, get over there, stand up and do what I tell you to do. Wouldn't that sound more like one of us? But God, no, he says, okay, all right. You want to see me? You want to know me? But I just want you to understand something. I can't totally reveal myself to you because you're going to go. Because my goodness is going to kill your badness. And you got no blood of Jesus covering you. So I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock over here. I'm going to hide you over here in the cleft. I'm going to put you over here in the cleft and I'm going to hide you over here so that you won't just get totally just go. As a vapor. I hide you in the cleft of the rock. I'm going to put you over here. It's. A picture of Jesus that we're in. I'm going to put you over here in this cleft, and I'm going to, I'm going to let you see my goodness. And matter of fact, I'm just going to cover your face as I walk by. Think of this lovingness of God. We're talking God creates worlds. I'm just going to come by, and I'm going to cover your eyes. I'm going to cover your eyes, and then I'm going to pass by, and I'm going to declare my goodness. So it happens in Exodus 34.5. It says, Now the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgressions, and sin, by no means clearing the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children for the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. Do you see anything in there that doesn't make you want to know this guy? When he has just declared who he is, the essence of who God is, that doesn't, should not make the world jump up and down and say, wow, that's an awesome, that's an awesome person. I'd really like to know him. You don't see anywhere in God says, I don't. Put up with nothing. Make me mad, and I'll send you to the sun. You see God declaring who he is here. And folks, what I'm saying is the world is insane today because what the world is saying is, yeah, you say that, but, but you know, I don't, you know, I don't believe that. I think we can do what we want to do, and we can just be who we want to be. And you know, you shouldn't be able. You shouldn't give us no rules in the church and tell us all these things. And God, you want us to do this, and we don't want to go do that. We want to get drunk. We want to get. We want to do whatever we want to do. Hello, y'all with me? Can I have an amen if y'all are with me? In other words, this is what the world's wanting to do. So they're saying we don't want a fellowship with this God. And I read this and I look at it, and my heart says, "Wow." This is God, and he wants to have a relationship with me, not only just a relationship, but a covenant relationship where I'm going to give him my life, and he's going to give me all of him? 
I'm like jumping up and down saying, man, I won the lotto. I won the lotto. Woo-hoo-hoo. Because all of a sudden, I, 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 man, that, that means the whole world's open to me. So what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to start to have fellowship with God on his terms? Or are you going to keep trying to get him to fellowship with you on your terms? You remember the story of the, the king who's having a marriage supper for his son? And so he said, go out and gather all the people and bring them in. Tell them that I want to have a wedding feast here. And then what happened? He goes out and he what else it makes an excuse is, oh, I can't come. I bought a you know, new piece of land I need to go see. And I said, oh, I just got married. I, gotta, I can't come. I got a wife at home. And I, you know, the other one set up another excuse, right? They didn't go. And I was reading it is in Matthew's gospel uh, the other day, and I, and I never had, I guess it just didn't leap off before at me. And I, and I was reading it, and it says that the, and then some of the other ones took and took his servants that were going out and tell them, and they said they spitefully used them and, and, and beat them up and sent them home. And so it said, God said, okay, just gather the army and just go over there and just kill all those people, burn their town down. <laughs> so, so I was thinking that I just got this middle image of this. Thing. I got to think about this. I said, I bet those boys, when the army was coming, we should have gone to the wedding. <laughs> and then it hit me. How many Christians or how many people in the world, when that time comes, and the army of God's coming back. He ain't going to be sitting there wishing they'd have known him. It's too late then. It's too late then. But right now, in this great age of the dispensation of grace, the door's thrown open, and God's given us a covenant. He's given, he said, I want, to, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. Here I am. I am the God of goodness and grace and mercy and long-suffering. Here I am. And if you want to come fellowship with me, come on. But we're going to do it on my terms. The terms are... You're going to hang around me, and you're going to become more like me. I'm not going to become like you. But there's people in the world who say, listen, we don't want to do that. We want to kill babies. I'm just going to say this because we're coming into an election year. I'll never vote for any candidate that believes in abortion. That's my, that's my 100% rule of thumb right there. Because anybody that's going to drag a baby out and kill it, there's something wrong with them. And I don't want to agree with it. I don't care what you say. I don't care how many things you can come around and say, well, it's the woman's right. No, it's, it's bull. Ain't no way that's bull. I don't know why. Like, like I, 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 I have, I, honestly, I'm telling you, I have, I have weaknesses myself. When I find the people that have abused the orphans in, at the orphanage, I, I want to punish them. I want to hurt them. I want to see you know, bad things happen to them. But when I see a child, my heart melts because they're so defenseless. And I just, my heart melts that anyone could hurt them. Okay? And then I see anybody and think of anybody that could take of life so, you know, just so as it's nothing and, and destroy it. I get angry, but then I want to hurt the other person. I want to kill the person that killed the baby. You see what I'm saying? It's not right. My head's not straight. Again, it goes back to Dirty Harry. I got to get straight in here, okay? Because I'm just doing the same except to an adult, right? But my point is, I, that's, that's the end of it for me. 
Because I know God doesn't have fellowship with people like that. We don't get to choose. God says, this is who I am. I'm a God of goodness and mercy and grace. And if you want a fellowship with me, this is who I am. But you're going to become like me. I'm not going to become like you. Hello? All right. So let me scoot on down here a little bit. So then I showed you, God, he, not only does he want to have connect, a covenant with you, but then when you become in covenant with God, he's going to be your protector, right? He's going to take care of what's his. Then I talked about that he was going to be a God of power. He's a God that can get the job done. There's nothing that's too hard for God. I don't care what impossible situation you're looking at today. There is an answer in heaven for you. There is an answer in heaven for you. Are you following me? There's nothing out there that's too hard for God. He's the God of all flesh. There's nothing too hard for God. There is an answer out there. It may not be the coming the way you want it to come. It may not be look like and packaged like you want it to be. But I'm telling you, there is an answer that will work out that will bless you, even though you may not see it right now. Okay. He's a God of love. This is all last week. He was a God of love. God's language that he speaks is a language of love. All right. He always shows forth love to you. His direction, his attitude towards you is love. Now, this one, is, this is a new one, fifth one. And y'all just gonna love me for preaching this one today. I mean, got my truck running out there. <laughs> Guys have backed it right up to the front. As soon as I get this thing here, man, I can get out of here for y'all and get to me. Now think about this. God says you're not. I'm not going to become like you. You're going to become like me. And I am a God of forgiveness. Think of this. I'm a God of forgiveness. I'm going to send my only son down to this earth to die for you on a cross, a horrible death, pour his blood out for you. He's going to become all of my wrath upon him. He's going to become the lamb of God. He's going to fulfill the blood upon the mercy seat so that I can and will forgive you. I'm a God of forgiveness. And so if I'm a God of forgiveness, I want you to be a person of forgiveness. Your position in life, because you've been hanging around with me, is going to be you're a person of forgiveness. Everybody say, I'm a person of forgiveness. Now, a lot of times we get this all messed up because we want to think forgiveness is, you know, we try to make it mean this or that or the other. Or that just means we're a doormat or, you know, and I'm not going to get into all of that right now because that's not what it means. I just want today just to get across to you. And get it into your brain. You're just going to have to absorb it and take it. <sighs> God is a God of forgiveness. Which is good news for you. Because you were headed to hell. <laughs> no way out. Sizzle like a sausage. <laughs> no way were you getting out. You were guilty. The Bible says every one of us is guilty. said that the, the, the list and the indictment against us, you weren't going to worm your way out of court. You weren't going to find you a fancy attorney to get you out. Every single one of us in here listening, watching, or in this room today, you were headed to hell because you were guilty before God of sins committed. So, well, I wasn't as bad as them. Don't make no difference. You're still headed to hell. If you think your life's bad now, but you're saved and you know Jesus, Man, you don't, you, you've been deceived by the devil because at least you're not headed to hell. I wake up every day, I say, oh, well, God, I just think of Jesus, man, I ain't headed to hell. Woo, you got me out of that pig pen of life. You saved me. Thank you, Lord. You didn't leave me in the muck and the ruck that I was in. That I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Glory to God. I mean, 
That's enough to satisfy me through life. Don't make any difference what else happens. Hello? And the only reason why you got that revelation and could have that is because God forgave you. He's a God of forgiveness. 1 John 1. 1 John 1, verse 6. He says, if you say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The only way to have fellowship with God is to be under the blood. And the only way to be under the blood is to have forgiveness. God is a God of forgiveness. He forgave you and me. The debt that we owed through Jesus. I don't care if you're... 40 generations of preachers in your family. You were, you were not saved. You were not born saved. You had to become born again. It doesn't make any difference if your family has been the most upstanding people that there ever were. You still were caught in the cords of sin and your life, you were headed to hell. You can stand around all day long and say, well, at least we're not like those others. At least we weren't that bad. At least we didn't do that. At least we weren't thieves. At least we weren't whoremongers. At least we weren't this, or at least we weren't that. Or You can go say all you want to all day long. Don't make any difference. You're still guilty, and you're still headed to hell. You were still guilty before God. Get off your high horse. <clears throat> now, just stepping up on my, one of my little pet peeves I hate. I don't like arrogance. I don't mind confidence, but I hate arrogance. Somebody just thinks that they're entitled to something just because. Somebody that's just arrogant, just you know, and they're just because of their whatever their family raising or their who whatever you know. Whatever. I hate arrogance. Again, I need prayer over this because I just want to punch them in the face, and that's not the right thing to do. But I just don't like arrogance. I, I, I dislike it immensely. It's an ugly thing on people. All right, arrogance is just—I I just can't stand it. Well, it's like the revelation of. We all stand guilty before God. I mean, you might as well just get off your high horse. Don't make any difference how good you were. Just get off your high horse. We're all guilty. Don't make any difference what you did. We're all guilty. But then there's this great God of forgiveness. And this great God of forgiveness says, I'm offering you forgiveness. So I want you to be people that are forgiving. Right? Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive men their trespasses, our Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive them their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive them of your trespasses. Folks, just listen to me. Forgiveness is forgiveness. You have to be a person with the attitude, if you're going to be like God and be in covenant and relationship with Him, you have to be put yourself in a position to where you are a forgiving person. Does not mean you're a doormat. Does not mean you let people run over you. Does not mean that, that God's not going to get justice in the end of things. But it means your position has to be in a position of forgiveness. Now, there's another whole message about all of that later. But right now, this morning, I just want you to get that. You, in your understanding, you have to be a person who's willing to forgive. I don't like it. Okay? I mean, I must be honest with you. I've told you that. I don't want to. I, I, I would rather see what is coming happen instantly. I mean, I really think that if, in a, in a sense, that if God sent an angel and smote the people right in front of everybody and everybody saw it, that maybe people might straighten up and fly right. 
but that's me. And, and I, I, I'm fellowshipping with God, and God is a God of forgiveness, and so therefore my position has to be a position of forgiveness. So I have to get myself there. So that means I have to work on myself and say, Lord, you know, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want, I don't want to do it, but I want to keep fellowship with you. When we first got married, I love you, sweetie. You know I love you. <laughs> I came from a family that, you know, we were regimented. We were, we were ranchers, and we were regimented. We got up at a certain time. Mother had biscuits and, and, and bacon and eggs and everything cooked for a certain time, you know, and then we came in at around noonish, you know, and, and you had just a small lunch, and then in that evening, you know, you had a big meal, you know, it was always fried backstrap and biscuits and gravy and potatoes and, you know, big deal. So she came from a family that her, her father uh, owned a filling station, so he didn't get home till 10 o'clock at night, so they ate at 10 o'clock at night, you know, I was eating at six, five or six, when we got home, hungry, and so we first got married, so I forgot to ask these questions. <laughs> Before we got married. And I never forget, we went off and we just came back from a honeymoon. We came to the house and, you know, it's, you know, six, seven o'clock. And, and I said, uh, you know, we're going to have supper? And she said, yeah, let me go. Let me go fix something up. And so she comes back in just a minute and she's got a fried egg sandwich. <laughs> and there's just an egg on two pieces of bread, some cheese. And I'd never seen this in my life. <laughs> So I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I ate it. And then next night, it gets to be around the same time, I notice nothing's stirring in the kitchen. And so I, you know, said, what are we going to do for something? Oh, I'll go do something. And so that night was a hamburger patty and some mashed potatoes. I think it may have been a can of green beans. Opened a can of green beans, and that was it. You know, just a simple little patty. And and so I was like, the whole time thinking, oh, man, this don't look like what Mama did. <laughs> but at that exact moment in life, that I was wise enough to have a revelation that if I wanted to stay living with this woman, <laughs> best be to eat it and keep my mouth shut you know, and see how we grew into this, because I loved her more than I loved food. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I loved her more than I loved food. Missed it, but I didn't love it. So now I weigh everything in my relationship with the Lord the same way. All right, I want to stay in unforgiveness because I'm really mad about this. I'm really mad about this. But if I stay in unforgiveness, it takes me away from him. And I love him more than I love un unforgiveness. I love him more than I love exacting my revenge. You with me? Yeah. Folks, listen to me. This is the way you have to have a relationship with the Lord. 
I love him more in his ways more in his goodness and his mercy and his presence and his joy the same as I love my wife more than food could ever imagine. To this day, she'll tell you right now, I just want to be full. And as we've gotten older, we've changed our eating and it's just like, I just want to be full. I only eat for nourishment. Now, that's not like a great big, uh, that's not like some like, oh, listen to pastor. I mean, doesn't mean I don't want to eat everything in the house. But I'm trying to train myself that I only eat for nourishment. I've learned that food's not that important. It's never as important as me having a bad relationship with her. I, and she, I told her that. I, I, I told her off about it. I said, you know what? Don't ever make me breakfast again for the rest of my life. You never have to make me breakfast. I will take care of my own breakfast. I don't care. I love the woman, and I don't care about the food. Do you love God and not care about what you want to be doing? Do you want to hold that person in unforgiveness? Do you want to lose your relationship with the Lord because of it? Do you want to keep bringing and dragging up the past and saying, well, this is injustice to me? Do you want to be a victim and always talk about your victim mentality and what happened to you and why did this happen to me and this, that, and the other? Do you want to live in the world of being a victim? Or do you want to just get with the one who can heal your heart and change your life and let his presence be there with you. And, 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 and the one that you, he wants to have a covenant relationship with you and set you free so that you don't have to be a victim anymore. Because really all of being a victim is, is you aren't healed. Didn't like that one, huh? But it's the truth. So I love God more than I care about walking in unforgiveness. Because I know he's a God of justice. And I know in the end he's going to work it all out. But I have to let vengeance be his, not mine. I don't know. I pray that someday I will get over the thought of taking vengeance. That it won't even come up to me. And I'm not there now. But he knows it. But I always am going to get to the place of forgiveness. Because I want to keep my relationship with him. Amen? So this is what I want you to do. I'm just going to stop right there. I hate to tell y'all, but I have 10 points, and I've only gotten to five in two weeks. So we're just going to have to follow up, but I feel like the Holy Ghost wants us to stop right here. And we're going to have communion. And no matter what I say, no matter what I do, the only thing that really is going to count in life is what you allow the Holy Ghost to do in your hearts. And I'm telling you, a miracle is going to take place right here at communion this morning. Because this is not a religious service. Hear what I'm saying. This is not some sort of religious service. We're just going to get a piece of bread and take a little juice. And yeah, we had communion this morning. No, this is a miracle service right now. Because here in just a minute, I'm going to bless this bread. I'm going to bless this, this, this juice. And we're going to come up then. And the power of God is here this morning to commune with you. And if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, or right now as I've been preaching this message, you're being convicted about something going on in your, your life that's keeping you from your relationship with God Almighty, then you need to get it straight right here. And I'm telling you in a moment, a second, in just a flash, if you say, Lord, forgive me, I'm sorry, taken away in heaven. And all of heaven then is, is just perched to bless you. But if you want to hang on to it, 
then what's going to happen is you're going to keep heaping upon yourself more and more stress, more and more problems, more and more anxiety. You're going to keep heaping upon yourself. Separate yourself farther and farther from the one who loves you. And there's nothing but heartache and pain there. So I believe in miracles. How about you? And one miracle I know is you forgive. Man, God, by the blood of Jesus, takes care of all that. Amen? So let me have my pastoral team come down and the prayer team here is helping me this morning to serve y'all. The Bible tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, now take and eat. For this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Lord, right now we take this bread and we thank you that it represents your broken body. That went to the cross for us to, to open up this amazing relationship that we could have with God. That Lord, you'd forgive us. And that you would mend our broken bodies. Lord, I pray for every person here today that has been dealing with unforgiveness or victim mentality or has a broken heart today, that, Lord, as they take communion today, that the power and the anointing of God will hit them and heal their hearts, heal their wounds, and deliver them from victim mentality, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. After supper, it says he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Drink it in remembrance of me. Church inside, this is just grape juice. But the power of a new covenant that says if you repent of your sins, I will forgive you. The power of that is contained right here this morning by faith as you come forward and say, Lord, forgive me. So, Father, we thank you for this. This precious, precious blood poured out for us in Jesus' mighty name. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.